0: Welcome to the Victory Devotional Podcast. I'd like to invite you to take the next few minutes to connect with God, hear His voice, and respond in worship and prayer. Here's today's message. Welcome once again uh, to our morning uh, worship and prayer. And we'll take the time to go through some of the verses here in the book of Isaiah, uh, one of the most quoted Uh, Old Testament prophetic books in the Old Testament. A lot of Christians said, relied on this book all throughout centuries. And we want to focus on this uh, few verses this morning. Chapter 7 of Isaiah. I'm going to look at this passage. And I'd like to read uh, the encouraging word that Isaiah has given to one of the worst kings in Israel. uh, In Judah, to be more specific. And and yet the Lord has given in the midst of his fear and his um, uh, uh, doubt, the Lord has sent Isaiah to give assurance of God's covenant promise to His people through this man by the name of Ahaz. Sa pangalan palang, we would know uh, that uh, we have a problem here. But we're gonna see that. But it's not the issue of. Uh, the problem of this king, but we're going to be seeing the faithfulness of God in the midst of all this. Now, this passage is found in verse 7, chapter 7, verse 7 through uh, 9. And it says, Thus says the Lord God, it shall not stand and it shall not come to pass. Verse 8, For the head of Assyria is Damascus, and the head of Damascus is uh, reason and within 65 years ephraim will be shattered from being a people and he and the head of his ephraim is samaria and the head of samaria is the son of remaliah and if you are not firm in your faith you will not be firm at all what a, an encouragement uh, that the lord has given through isaiah and prophesying something that will come to pass in the near future and the uh, far future uh, to come. Uh, you know, I, when I was um, uh, going through some of the um, provincial um, highways in the Philippines, especially around in Mindanao and in the Visayas, uh, there were times when you're in the middle of the field, there's a highway in the middle of these uh, fields. and. While I was running, I would see off the distance, um, mountain ranges. And uh, I could just, uh, you know, imagine that would be my demarcation line. That if I should just reach that mountain, things will be fine. And uh, true enough. As soon as I reached that mountain, then I thought that that was it. I was able to cross the mountain, but apparently... There were multiple ranges, multiple mountains. Uh, sometimes when you're far off, you, you, may, it might, you might think it's just one mountain uh, range, but actually there are multiple mountains. And the same way when I say I would prophesy and give words of encouragement or warnings, sometimes the, uh, the, the encouragement is for now or for the near future or even for the coming solution to man's dilemma, which is the coming of Christ. And not even just the coming of Christ, even to his second coming. And so you would see those multiple um, uh, application of the words of prophecies being given by Isaiah. And we're going to look at that in this small passage that we have today. And we're going to look at that right now. Now, I want us to know that these are kings, sons of David. And we all know David had made a covenant with God. That the Lord has promised that through David, there will be kings. Uh, There will be no stopping as far as the kings that will come out from his lineage. And that was his promise. And out from these kings would come the future king of kings and the Lord of Lords, who is actually the Messiah. So through the lineage of David, that it shall be or it shall come to pass. So that's why even Christians would really hang on to that Davidic covenant. And so uh, that's that's the picture of the Davidic covenant, the covenant of God with David. And obviously, one of the kings here, we have Ahaz. Ahaz is a uh, uh, son of uh, of, uh Uh, Jotham and Jotham was a son of Uzziah and these are kings from the lineage of David and we see here Ahaz has a uh, uh, he's in a predicament he was surrounded by these two kings who have collaborated to come against him we're talking about the king of Syria and the king of Ephraim that's another name for the northern part of uh, the kingdom of Israel. And they've connived together because they have been trying to connect with the kings of Assyria and trying to convince the king of Judah to give in. But obviously Judah is not giving in. and But we see the, the pressure uh, th- that's coming in. And, 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 and you could see Ahaz trying to give in. Um, and obviously if you'll hear more about Ahaz, he uh, has gotten all his golds and tried to buy out some aids from, from the king of Assyria at the later part of his life. So he basically um, uh, uh, went through his own ways of doing it. But I'd like us to see in these words of encouragement, in this passage we have from Isaiah chapter 7 uh, to verse, uh, verse 9, I'd like us to see some covenant features, as i mentioned about the covenant of God with David. And there's some features about this covenant that I have noticed in the passage, and I just would like to highlight those. All right. The first feature has something to do. um, And as we go to this feature, there are some questions first I'd like to ask is in these times of despair and fear, where should our faith lie? That's my question to everyone listening right now. In this time of despair, where should we put our faith in? Or another question, when the enemies look like they were closing in on us, what should we be doing? When we feel like we're surrounded, what should we be doing? You know, nowadays, a year after the pandemic, we're, uh, you know, last year, we just hear, people in the news or getting sick. This time we hear loved ones and loved ones of our friends that is so close to us. And some of you are listening right now are in quarantine in your own home, battling with this disease. And, and it seems like the enemy is closing in. And what are we going to do about it? I, I has had that feeling and, and the word of the Lord came and I'd like us to Uh, If you are looking for a word this morning, this is it. This is an encouraging word from the Lord for us. And uh, in the midst of of, of God's judgment upon His people, I have seen His his faithfulness through His covenant that He made through David. And we're going to see some of those features. And the first one, as we go ahead right now, is the the, the covenant feature. uh, The first covenant feature I saw here. Uh, is found in verse 2, when the house of David was stolen, And we're going to look at that right now. Uh, basically, the first one is covenant partnership. Covenant partnership. He deals with us valuably. Covenant partnership. God deals with us valuably. Verse uh, Going to verse uh, 1, in the days of Ahaz, the son of Jotham, the son of Uzziah, king of Judah, Resin and the king of Syria and Pekah the son of Remaliah the king of Israel came up to Jerusalem to wage war against it but could not yet uh, mount an attack against it. Uh, They're trying but they couldn't. Verse 2. When the house of David was told, Syria is in league with Ephraim, the heart of Ahaz and the heart of his people shook as trees of the forest shake before the wind. When they've heard that Razin, the king of Syria and the king of Samaria, con- uh, uh, connived together against, against uh, uh, Jerusalem. Ahaz and the rest of the f- people were in fear because the enemies about to attack. But I like, in this bad news, I like how the author, I like how Isaiah put it. Some of you might miss it, but I'm going to highlight it. It says here in verse 2, once again, it says, When the house of David was told. We have to understand David had died long ago before this. And yet Isaiah says, when the house of David. He didn't say, when the house of Ahaz. Ahaz was the king. He's in charge. David has been dead all along. It's been a long time that he'd been dead. And yet, the way God looks at the situation, even in the midst of bad news, Ahaz was valued, his home, his house was valued as the house of David. You know, when God looks at us, he looks at us with the lenses of covenant. He looks at, you know, before he looks at you as a person that is the object of God's wrath. But because of what Christ has done on the cross, when God looks at us, He wears that lenses of the blood of Christ shed on the cross. And He looks at us as men and women of covenant. That's why even Ahaz, one of the worst kings of Israel, was valued as the house of David. Once again, just a lesson learned here, the covenant uh, partnership that David had with God is still in effect even in the house of Ahaz. He deals with us valuably. And that's a covenant talk I'm sharing with us uh, today. And so that alone is an encouragement to Ahaz. um, And just hearing that he was addressed as the house of David already would bring encouragement right now. At this very moment, while he was in fear, shaking, in fear, like trees in the forests, there's that encouragement that, hey, a reminder that I am a man or a woman of covenant with God because of David, to us, because of what Christ has done. The second feature of this covenant I'd like to show us is the covenant picture. He displays his purpose clearly. Let me repeat that covenant picture. He displays his purpose clearly. Look at verse 3. we we'll look at verse 3 and says, And the Lord said to Isaiah, this is now an instruction of God to Isaiah to bring forth the word. It says, Go out to meet Ahaz and, and shear Jeshub your son at the end of the conduit of the upper pool in the highway of the washer's field and say to him, Be careful be quiet, do not fear, do not let your heart be faint because of these two smoldering stumps of firebrands of so the fierce anger of Raisin in Syria and the son of Remaliah. You see in this passage of Scripture, God's perspective of the enemy, this conglomeration of the king of Syria and of, of, uh, of Ephraim is nothing but a smoldering, uh, it says here, nothing but a small smoldering stamps in other words it's just nothing but smoke the lord is saying be careful be be quiet you don't you know do not fear these are just a bunch of talk and then he says before you say that the lord told isaiah isaiah by the way before you say that why don't you go ahead and bring your son isaiah had two sons one of them is this person, Shear Jashud or Jashub. Shear Jashub. Shear Jashub is not just a, uh, you know, it was a, it's, it's an uncommon name, but it has a meaning to it. Why is Isaiah, the prophet, being sent of God, is still being required to bring his son along? Not that he needed help to carry his, Staff or something like that. Because, but because there's something about the name of his son. The name of his son means, share Jeshu with means, the Lord is setting apart a remnant for himself. A remnant will be returning. That's the meaning of that name. In other words, it's almost like, okay, go ahead and bring that word to them, but bring your son. It's almost like his son is a picture of what God is going to do in the near future. It's almost like saying, whether you Ahaz will obey or not, God is still faithful and he will make sure that a remnant for himself will be returning back as soon as the children will be taken away, which is what's explained uh, more explicitly in the prophecy in verse 8. That the people of God will be taken away and be brought to Assyria, ultimately to Babylon, but that's the picture. And yet the Lord says, I want you to know I'm reserving a remnant for myself and they are going to be returning back here. What a picture. It's almost, like, it's almost like the rainbow, the Mosaic covenant. It's a sign that God is not going to destroy earth with water anymore. This time Isaiah is bringing his son and says, just reminding you, God is reserving a people for himself. And they're gonna return back here. The third, uh, uh, the third, uh, basically, uh, share Jashub is a picture of God's faithfulness and mercy. That's why the song we sang a while ago, "God is good, always, always." His goodness is not dependent on how good or bad we are. His goodness is dependent on, his, on who he, he is. He's faithful and merciful, and nothing can change that. That's the God that we serve. He's good, always. And so, having said that, we're going to look at the third feature that I've noticed in this passage of Scripture, covenant feature. Not just that the Lord has addressed the house of Ahaz, the house of David, but bring in a prophetic picture, which is the son of Isaiah, Sheer Jashub. But also, I want us to look at the next part here in verse six, and let me just read this. It says, "Let us go up against Judah and terrify, and let us con- conquer it for ourselves, and set up the son of Tabil as king in the midst." In other words, uh, uh, the the taunt, the taunting words of uh, uh, the collaboration of uh, Syria and, and this uh, nation, uh, the northern part of Israel, um, is trying to say, look, we're going to terrify you, we're going to conquer Judah, and not only that, we're going to replace the legitimate king with an illegitimate one. This is still a covenant talk right here. The enemy is taunting the covenant promise of God upon his people by replacing it with an illegitimate, non-covenant king. Well, the word of the Lord came, as I've read a while ago, he says, "That says the Lord, the God, it shall not stand, and it shall not come to pass. And, and that was the promise to him. And then verse 8 and 9, it's almost like it's a conditional promise. Should you obey, this will happen. Should you, should you rebel, this will happen. You know, sometimes God's prophetic words are conditional. But there are other times I want you to know that at the end of the day it's still unconditional because it is dependent on his character. It's the what is conditional is the consequences of our actions. Should we follow, this thing will happen. It's almost like similar with Isaiah chapter 1, verse 18. Come, let us reason together. Should you obey and be willing, you'll eat the Good of the land, should you rebel, this will happen. You'll be eaten by the sword. That's what happened with Ahaz right here. But I want us to know the last appeal of Isaiah. I'm going to look at that right now. The last sentence of verse 9. If you are not firm in faith, you shall not be firm at all. You know what he's trying to say? I want us not to trust to the power of the enemy. You don't trust Assyria. You don't trust the kings of, of Ephraim and Syria. You, you don't even trust the king of Egypt. Trust God alone. Well, guess what happened? We all know what happened to him. He, at the end of the day, he, he did not do what he needed to do. But thanks be to God that in this pericope of text, it's, uh, it's up to uh, chapter 9, verse 7, uh, it might not have been done by man. Obviously, uh, right after, the the only thing going for King Ahaz is he has produced a good king by the name of Hezekiah. But uh, still, it's because of the strength of God. We're going to look at that in last verse, uh, verse 7 of chapter 9. We're going to jump to chapter 9, verse 7. This is what it says. The seal of the Lord of hosts will do this. Should Ahaz not do it? the seal of the Lord will still do it. And who is the seal of the Lord? Is the Lord Jesus Christ. Lesson then as we go this morning. You can completely trust God to accomplish His covenant, His covenant purpose on earth despite people's failings. In short, though we may be faithless, God would remain faithful. God is truly good. Can we just magnify Him again this morning and worship Him?
1: There's nothing that my heart wants more than you You are all I'm after There's nothing that I'm holding back from you You are all I'm after There's nothing that my heart wants more than you. You are all I'm after. There's nothing that I'm holding back from you. You are all I'm after. Lord, we're desperate for you. There's nothing that... More than you, oh God Oh Lord, you were all I'm after, Lord Oh, there's nothing that I'm holding back from you You are all I'm after Sing this together for the last time Sing, you are good You are good.
0: it's really worth magnifying God's faithfulness and mercy and goodness in the midst of our situation right now. There's nothing like magnifying His attributes for our lives um, this season, uh, this, uh, during this time. And today, before we leave, I just would like, before I pray for each one of us, uh, I'd like to uh, give an invitation to everyone To come join us this coming Saturday. Uh, We will be having our annual discipleship conference starting this Saturday um, uh, in the morning around 10 a.m. Please join us. Tune in and follow us uh, via our uh, Facebook page. And it's going to be going live streaming uh, this coming Saturday. Uh, Feel free to come and join us. It's going to be an exciting time. To continue to fulfill God's mandate for the church and that is to make disciples we will see you this saturday and before we leave let us pray right now father god thank you for all those who are listening to this message whether lord god they're just they just woke up and and having their devotions to you and those who have joined us to worship you even those who have Join us for the first time. Uh, Thank you that today they have seen how faithful and good you are in the midst of our chaotic situation. May your name continue to be glorified in the midst of your people, Lord. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make His face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn His face towards you and give you peace. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. been listening to the Victory Devotional Podcast. Thanks for joining us. We hope that this will help you build a habit of hearing from God every day. If you'd like more messages like these, you can follow us on Spotify or on our Apple podcast. And if you'd like to watch these messages, you can watch them every weekday morning on our Victory PH Facebook page.